We are learning Daf Chafei, and we're starting about a third of the way down the Amid, where the Gemara says Tashima. And the question that we're learning is if we know that a Kohen did Dochening, that he says Berchas HaKohenim, and he's publicly getting up there and saying it, which is only meant to be done by a Kohen, can we assume that he's a Kohen even for Yilchsen, for the assumption that he's, that he's a kosher person in regard to marriage? We don't have to be concerned that he's apostle. After all, this guy is uh, running around doing Berchas HaKohenim. Obviously, we can assume that he's a kosher Kohen. And the question is whether we can rely on that, or maybe for Yilchsen we have higher standards, and we can't necessarily rely that just because he's doing Berchas HaKohenim, we know that he's kosher. So we had a debate about this point yesterday. Remember, there was another debate about if a per machlokas tanam, if someone is eating truma, can we assume that he's a kosher kohen for for, for yochsen? That was a machlokas tanam between Rabbi Yudin and the Rabbanon. And then there was a question that the Gemara debated: What about berchas kohenim? On the other hand, on one hand, berchas kohenim is very public, so it's a better proof. On the other hand, if a non kohen does berchas kohenim, it's not as bad. It's not such a severe sin, so maybe it's not believed. So the Gemara says Tashma. Let's bring a proof in the Bryce. The Bryce says Chazaka Lakuna. What is a Chazaka that establishes someone to be a Kohen? Is he is Kapayim Babel? Let's say he does Berachas Kohenim, even if it's in Babel, even if it's not in Eretz Yisrael, but since it's it's Babel where there, there were courts and the courts where they would uh, function well, and they wouldn't tolerate something public like that if a non-Kohen was was doing Berachas Kohenim. Clearly, it must be that the court was behind it and authorized that. So therefore, if he was uh, Dochening in Babel then it's a proof that he's a Kohen. Or if he eats Chala in Surya. So Chala is given to the Kohen, and the Kohen, only a Kohen can eat it. So if in the land of Surya, which was to the north of Eretz Yisrael, it was conquered by David HaMelech, it was connected then to Eretz Yisrael, and it was conquered in a private way by David HaMelech. It wasn't necessarily something that everybody was behind. And there's a big question about whether or not it has a din like Eretz Yisrael or not. This particular bride holds that it is like Eretz Yisrael. And the idea, therefore, would be that challah in Surya is biblical. It's a daraisa. And a Kohen who eats challah in Surya, that's proof that for sure he's a Kohen. If it would be Babel, where challah is only drabbana and it's outside the land of Israel, then it wouldn't be such a compelling proof necessarily. He's eating challah, which is only drabbana. Does that really prove that he's for sure a Kohen in regard to marriage? Not necessarily. But if it's if it's in Surya, where the chiyav of challah is daraisa, then it's a, it's a true presumption he's a Kohen. Or that he received the, the gifts given to the Kohanim in a large city. So what are these gifts? So this is a halacha. Whenever any shechita takes place, nothing to do with karbonos, um, the Kohen is entitled to certain parts. This royal l'chayayim ha'akeva. And these are gifts which are, gi- which are given. And again, um, no non-Kohen is meant to give them. And no non-Kohen is meant to, to, to receive them because it's meant to be a gift designated for the Kohanim. It's only holy um, it's only it's not a holy thing which is forbidden to an non-coin, but the point is it's only meant to be given to a coin. Otherwise, it could be like uh, stealing. So if it's a public place and there's markets and courts and this and that, no non-coin would dare go ahead and take those matanos. So if we know that a guy was taking the matanos, we could assume he's a coin. So one of the things that allows us to assume a person is a coin is dochening. Now we assume he's a coin. So isn't the assumption that now if he dochen, that we would assume he's even for marriage purposes that he's a coin. So we see that we're mala from Nesiyas Kapayim to Yuchsin. So the Gemara says, lo, we defend lo the truma. It just means that we would give him truma. Yuchsin, it could be we have higher standards without real true testimony. We know that he's a coin. We don't allow him to um, be assumed for he's a kosher in regard to marriage. When we say here that there's a presumption that he's a Kohen, we only mean in regard to giving him truma. Says the Gemara, it said it next to the, the assumption that comes from eating challah. 
So that, that what, what what does that mean? Machilas chala yosim. What does that mean? If a guy eats eats chala, we know he's a kohen. In regard to what, clearly that means for yichas, because chala is truma itself, right? It's a form of chala. So we say if a guy eats chala, we assume he's a kohen. Clearly, it doesn't mean in regard to truma. Clearly, it has to mean for something else, which would mean even for yosim. So now I see that when it said for chala, we assume that he's good for yosim. So it must be like that in the same breath we said nisiyas kapayim as well. So it must be when we said nisiyas kapayim for the tochening as well. It meant that now we assume that he's kosher for marriage as well. So the Gemara rejects the proof. When we say that he's a Kohen because he eats Chala, we mean that we assume he's a Kohen with respect to Truma, not in regard to Yosun necessarily. Yosun could have higher standards. But the Chiddush is that if he eats Chala, we assume he's a Kohen in regard to Truma. Now, you're going to be bothered that that's not a novelty. Like, Chala is a form of Truma, so obviously we're assuming he's good for Truma. But the answer is, because Chala was man as the Rabbana, the time of the Bride of holds that Chala today, that the base mission has been destroyed, is only obligated to Rabbana. Even in Eretz Israel, Chala is only with Rabbana today. And the reason that we're going to see coming up is because Chala only applies when most of Eretz Yisrael lives, when most of Eretz lives in Eretz Yisrael. So Chala is only Drabanan. So all we know that the Kohen was eating was Chala, that's a Drabanan. Truma derives right? Eating Truma of Ismanaz, even though there's no base of Mikdash, this Tana holds that Truma, even after the base of Mikdash was destroyed, is still obligated even on a Doraiso level. So the Chiddush that it's coming to say is that we can elevate a Kohen who is eating Chala that's only obligated on a Drabanan level. We can assume that he's a Kohen even in regard to the biblical din of Truma. So that's a nice Chiddush. So that, but again, it's only in regard to Truma that we would allow that. Elevate him from eating the Chala Madrabana and allow him to even eat the Truma Madaraisa. But we may not, in fact, allow him to eat the. We may not, in fact, allow him to be assume he's a coin in regard to marriage, in regard to Yilson. Again, there might be higher standards for Yilson. So we can say that by Chala, and we can say that as well for Brechaz Kohenim, and there's no proof that we're Malaf and Brechaz Kohenim to Yilson. And this discussion about Chala being the Rabbanon and Truma possibly being the right, so in our times, we're going to see coming up down below that there was a discussion that was had between these rabbis about whether Chala today is the right, so the Rabbanon, whether Truma is the right, so the Rabbanon, and how you could look at it one way or the other, as we will get to. All right, so again, we're still looking for a proof. If we know a Kohen Dochin, do we assume that he's for sure a Kohen in regard to marriage? So the Gemara says, Tashma, we look at a bride, it's a Chazaka, a Kuhuna. We can rely on Chazaka for Kuhuna. What type of Chazaka? And it says, Kapayim, Chilikronos, Baritz Yisrael. If he Dochin in, um, if he Dochin, or that he received Truma in a granary in Eretz Yisrael. If you did Brechatz Kohen, then we can assume you're a Kohen, because again, there are courts, and that's true even outside of Eretz Yisrael, in Bavel, sorry, as well. But the Truma, the Braisa holds that it's only if you receive Truma in Eretz Yisrael. Truma in Eretz Yisrael is the, the Raisa, then that would establish a Chazaka. There's no way he would risk eating that if he wasn't a Kohen. Whereas Truma that's outside of Israel might not necessarily be approved. So if we know that he received the Truma at a granary in Eretz Yisrael, that establishes a Chazaka. Ubur Surya, but if it's Surya, and this time a whole Surya is not part of Eretz Yisrael. Ubur Surya, or wherever the messengers of Rosh Chodesh reach, right? We know that they would send out the messengers to go outside of Israel and to inform people when the Kiddush HaKodesh is. So any place where the courts functions, because it's like close to Israel, but it's not Israel itself, and see it's Kapayim Raya, so then Dochening is approved because if the courts are there, they wouldn't let him Dochen without. Um, a first, a, without first verifying he was a Kohen, but not the fact that he received Truma at the granary. Because again, taking Truma when it's only Drabana when you're non Kohen isn't so bad. So therefore, there's no proof from him taking Truma outside Israel. It's only a proof if you took Truma in Israel. Bavel Kasoria, Bavel is treated like Soria in this regard, even though the Shulchan Basin don't necessarily reach Bavel, but it's treated like Soria that. Um, if there was Nasiyas Kapayim done in Bavel, since the court functions well in Bavel, then we could assume the guy is a Kohen. 
Another place that's like Soria, where where Dochening now makes a, a certification he's a Kohen, is Alexandria. Alexandria is a place in Egypt, right after the destruction of the first temple. The Jews were there throughout the second place. They were there. They had a large community. The courts were established there. So again, they wouldn't let anybody Dochen without knowing that he was a Kohen. So what are we saying over here? We're saying that there's a chazaka of a guy that does dochering in Eretz Yisrael, Babel, Surya, Alexandria. We establish he's a kohen. So ketani means he has gabayim. My love, Leilson doesn't it mean that we we assume he is a kohen, even with respect to marriage. If we see the guy dochering one of these places, we would assume that he is a valid kohen, even in regard to marriage. Says the Gemara, lo lechala. When it means that he's assumed to be a kohen, it only means that we would give him chala and allow him to eat the chala. But in regard to yochsin, we may in fact have higher standards. Says the Gemara, the Bryce mentioned Berchas Kohenim and the Chazaka right next to the law of distribution of Trum at the granary. And we said that just as distribution at the granary establishes that he's a Kohen, so too Dochening. So what does it mean that if he gets Trumat establishes he's a Kohen? Presumably that for sure means marriage because he's already getting Trumat. What are we establishing him for in a greater sense? It must be we're establishing him more that even for marriage we assume he's a Kohen. So so too when it's mentioned in Siyas Kapayim, Afna Siyas Kapayim the assumption is that the, since they were set together, so when the Brysa said, Nesiyah's Kapayim makes the Chazaka that he's a Kohen, presumably it means even in regard to marriage. So, so we see, again, a proof that that Nesiyah's Kapayim were Mala Liyosin. Says the Gemara, no. Lo Chalikronis Kupalachala. When we said if the Kohen gets the distribution of Trumat the granary, it proves he's a Kohen, it doesn't mean in regard to Yosin. It means that we'd even give him Chala. Why is it necessary to say we would even give him chala? I mean, we're giving him truma. Obviously, we give him chala. They're all the same. The answer is because truma is not the The price holds truma is only required today that there's no base on mikdash. Truma is only midrabbanon. So he was only getting truma, which was drabbanon. Chala, the araisa, the obligation to have chala is even on a Daraiso level, despite the fact there's no base on Mikdash. Again, we'll see what the Svaras to say this are. So the Chiddush is, Maskinim and Trumah Darabonon, the Chala Daraiso. The Bryce's point is that we elevate the coin. Even though today he's only eating Trumah Darabonon, we allow him to eat Biblical Chala because the assumption is he's a coin. But again, in regard to marriage, we might not be assuming at all that he is a coin, And that could be true just from receiving the Trumah. And that also would be true from the Berchaz Kohenim. Now, just to mention an important point here, is that we're coming out in defense of the bride, so that when he, the coin received the truma, we're, we're going that the truma is only midrabbanon, and that's what's establishing that he can even eat chala. So why do we care if he received the truma only in Eretz Israel? I mean, even then, if it would be in Babel, it's midrabbanon. Any place, even in Israel, is midrabbanon. So why are we emphasizing that he received the truma in in Israel? If you would say truma is manas as daraisa, that would be good. But if the gemara is coming out, truma is midrabbanon. So anyways, it's only midrabbanon. So what's the difference where he's receiving it? It must be that it's still stronger when he receives it in Israel. Um, it's still considered to be a higher level, but that's again, that's a difficult point um, to understand. All right, now the Gemara continues this debate here, whether to understand the depth of this, because before we had a price, so we were trying to say just the opposite. We were trying to say that even if Truma was Manazes, Daraisa, Chala, Drabana. Now we're trying to make the argument that even if Truma is Drabana, Chala might be Daraisa. So clearly, there are two different variables going on whether Truma is Daraisa, Bismanazes, Chala, Daraisa, Bismanazes. So what's the issue? So the Gemara gets behind this because it's like there was a story where Rabbi Yeshua found the Rabbanon, the Amar of Yeshua, and he, he was saying, Go, Rashkin, Rabbanon, the baby Rabbi, the Gaspi, Rami, I found the Rabbanon in the base measure saying, I feel the Rabbanon, even if you will, Jumas, Manas, the Rabbanon. And the reason would be is because the sanctification of Kiddush Eretz Yisrael was totally in the base of Mikdash. And if the base of Mikdash was Nachrav, it was destroyed, so then the Kiddush, the sanctity of the land, which is what imbues the grain with the sanctity of Truma, it's not going to be there today. So even if Truma is only Rabbanon, Chala Daraisa, Chala could still be Daraisa, even without the base of Mikdash. What's the proof? 
When the time of Yeshua, when they first came in, there were seven years when they conquered Israel, and then seven years when they were dividing it between the tribes. During those 14 years, there was no Chiv of Shema. And the reason is, the Gemara tells us elsewhere, is because the Pasuk of Shema always emphasizes that it's your grain. So if it's your grain, the implication is that you're on your land and you're taking your stuff. So that didn't happen until 14 years passed when Yeshua, when they conquered and divided the land. So even though in the 14 years when they first were in Israel, there was no Shema, still in the it was a chiv of chala. No truma. Why? Because when it comes to truma, the pasuk just says when you come into when it comes to chala, the pasuk just says when you come into the land. The implication is immediately as soon as you come into the land, if there's any grain that you have, then you have to take off a portion of it and give to the kohen. By truma, there's an emphasis on it being your grain, so it's only after you assume possession of the land, so on and so forth. That's when you're obligated in truma. But chala, it's as soon as you immediately come into the land, you have to give the chala. So just like in those fourteen years. There was there was there was a chiyuv chalam but no chiyuv of truma. So we see that it's like you know there was a delayed effect of the sanctity for truma, and yet still there was no delay for chalam. So too after the base of Mishra was destroyed, we can go back to that same state, the natural state of Israel. As soon as Jew, a Jew is in Israel, he's chayav and chalam. Truma is only under certain circumstances, and once the base of Mishra was destroyed, then the kedusha that imbues the grain with, with truma might also be gone. That's one way of looking at it. Minula, no, Ravuna said you could say the opposite. Adarab is just the contrary. I feel my Shrimp is not so derisa. Each Shrimp is derisa. Even if you say that the Kedusha that Ezra gave to the land remained even after the destruction of the temple, Chala Darabonah. Chala is still only Chiv Darabonah. The time is it says in the price of Avoya Chemal Arts. It's Pasuk says that when is Chiv Chala? When you come into the land. What does it mean when you come in? As soon as one or two, three spies come in, a few people come in. So immediately, a few Jews have to take off challah. When all of you come, what does that mean? All of you come, but because it's only when all the Jews are there. Not only when some of the Jews are there. So there's a new din that most Jews have to be present in Eretz Yisrael for the chiyav of challah, even if the kedusha of the Aras is there. Unless most of the Jews are present are present in Eretz Yisrael, there's no chiyav challah. So even if Truma is manazet, the Araisa challah derabanan. And the Gemara explains because of Asikdom Ezra, when Ezra took up the people to come back from Babel to return to Eretz Yisrael, Lav Kulusaluk, not all of them went up. Therefore, the Chi of Daraisa of Chala doesn't apply nowadays. So, bottom line is, in conclusion, where we are right now, Chala and Truma may possibly be both Midrabanan, or they could both be Daraisa of Ismanazet. The issue with Truma is do the Kiddush Aretz um, endure the destruction of the temple? With Chala, the question is, is there a din of Bias Kolcha? So either way, that we're mentioning when the Bryce says there's a chazaka of a coin, that he's a coin, if he was eating chala or if he was eating truma, then why we mentioned two different prices, they weren't necessarily referring to yilson. It could be yilson these higher standards, but it was referring to eating the other one. If truma is only drabbanan, it means if you guys are eating truma, then we see we can even give him the chala, which is deraisa. And the other brides are held that even if chala is drabbanan, once I see he was eating the chala, you can give him the truma, which is deraisa. So either way, that's what we meant. But you can't allow him for marriage to be assumed that he's a coin. And the same thing with Nesiyas Kapayim. When the brides have mentioned Nesiyas Kapayim, that we assume he's a coin, it might not have meant it for marriage. So the Gemara says, Tashimah, let's see in the Bryce, Chazaka Lakuna, what's a Chazaka Lakuna? Nesiyas Kapayim, Chilak Granos, Ve'edos, three things. Either he dochind, or he gets the trima grain at the granary, or testimony from the parents. So the Gemara says, well, if people testify his father was a Kohen and that his mother was kosher, Edus Chazaki, that's not a Chazaka, that's not an assumption. That's just, we know, that's Edus. What, what a testimony is just a proof that he's a Kohen. We're trying to say that there's an idea called a Chazaka. So what's the Brites saying? Must be the interpretation of the Brites like this. This that we're saying, establishes him to be a Kohen. That only means 
um, to be a Kohen, it's, it's, it's on the level of testimony, meaning it's not just a random assumption. It's on the level that it, as if it was testimony. Just as a real testimony would establish, even in regard to marriage. would also establish him as a Kohen, even for marriage. And that must be what it's saying. And we're saying that is such a strong assumption he's a Kohen, that he would even allow him to marry because of that. Says the Gemara, no, that's not necessarily what it means. Lo. We mean testimony that comes because of the chazaka is treated like the chazaka. What exactly does that mean? When we say testimony, it doesn't mean people are testifying about the person's parents. It means the witnesses are testifying about the person doing something that, that gives us an assumption of chazaka. Like, let's say somebody testifies that the Kohen dochent. So the basin themselves never know that he dochent. But if we have testimony that he did, that also suffices. That's what the Brahes are saying. But it's not, you're right, it's not saying that in C.S. Kapayim is on the level of Eidos necessarily. And it's not necessarily also saying that um, that people are testifying about his parents. Obviously, that would be obvious. It's just saying that if even the court doesn't doesn't exactly see the dochening, if people tell them about the dochening, that's good enough. And now the Gemara is going to elaborate that there are more examples besides just that. If somebody can be viewed, seen, acting like a Kohen, and that can also he's establish him as a Kohen. What are the examples? Okay, who's also coming to Rabbi? Someone came in front of Rabbi. Amalei, he said to Rabbi about another person who's not going to Kohen. I know about a different person. He's a Kohen. Amalei, Mara Isa, what do you what do you see that makes you know he's a Kohen? So Amalei answered Rabbi. She covered each of his He read first in the Torah. So who reads first in the Torah? The Kohen. So Rabbi said, "But how did you know? Maybe he was just the greatest person there, right? That's the rule that uh, that a great person in Talmud reads from the Torah first, even though he's not a Kohen. So maybe that was the situation. How in the world are we supposed to know he's a Kohen just because he read first? So he said back, Shakar because afterwards a Levi read, and that's only true if a Kohen got first. If there was no Kohen or it wasn't present, or no Kohen was present, and a Talmud Chacham, and a Talmud Chacham got the first Aliyah, then there's no Din." That um, that a levy should go, and uh, rather only Yisraelim, only Yisraelim are meant to get the aliyah. Now this is actually a big shaila about whether or not a levy cannot get the aliyah, or it just means he has no precedent. But in our case, it somehow we, the point is that we know over here that really it would have gone to a levy, and the reason it didn't is because the, it, it, the, the, the reason it went to a levy is because there was a kohen who, who read first. Uh, really, otherwise it would have been a bigger a bigger tamachacham. Had it not been a kohen, it was just a gadol, we would have given the second aliyah to another tamachacham. So from the fact that it Levi read, that's compelling proof that this first guy was actually a Kohen. And because of this, Rabbi elevated him to Kuna based upon this. So this is just someone seeing from the practice. It was mother for him to eat Ruma, um, that we see just from the practice, reading first, getting the first Aliyah in the Shul as a Kohen, it, we consider that as enough, uh, as, as enough of like an evidence for us to assume he's a Kohen and give him the Ruma. Another story. Who's also coming to Shul Levi? Someone came from Shul Levi. I'm a lay. Who's not coming to Shul Levi? I know about another person. He's a Levi. I'm a lay. Marisa. How do you know he's a Levi? I'm a lay. Shikar. He got the second Aliyah in Shul. So Levi Shul and Levi said, "Chazuk Shul Levi. How do you know he's a Levi? Chazuk Shul. Maybe he was just a great man. Maybe there was no Levi, and now the privilege of the second Aliyah is given to a Chashav Tamachacham. So the witness said, "Shikar the fun of Kohen because a Kohen read first. So if a Kohen read first, and Rashi explains there were two Kohenim, so it would, it, it, the Yisrael, there's no way we would get the second Aliyah. If there was no Levi, then the other Kohen would have read the second Aliyah. Or sometimes we say, the first Kohen himself gets it. So, so either way, but it wouldn't have been this guy. So if it's him, clearly he must be a Levi. Because of this, Rabbi and Levi elevated him to the status of being a Levi because of this word. Continues the Gemara. I know about a third person. He's a Kohen. So how do you know? Who says that's good enough? Did you ever see him getting truma? Meaning, just reading first, it doesn't prove someone's a Kohen. He has to receive 
Truma in order for it to be approved. Amalo Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar said to him, What, if there's no granary, then we can't know that somebody's a coin? Meaning, let's say you live in a place where there's no where there's no produce. You can never prove you're a coin. So the only way you can prove you're a coin must be if you get the first aliyah. So how could you say that, no, the first aliyah is not good enough, you need the granary. What would be if there's no granary? Continues the Gemara. So this, again, in that story, Rabbi Lazar was obje- objecting to something Rish Lakish said. Such a story happened in front of Rabbi Yochanan, meaning that somebody testified that someone was a Kohen on the basis of him getting an Aliyah. And Amalei Rishlakesh, Rishlakesh said to him, and why is that good enough? Did you see him getting the trim on the Goran? Amalei Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan said to Rishlakesh, if it means from Goran, and if there was no granary, would he never be able to establish himself as a Kohen? So what happened was, Rabbi Yochanan told Rishlakesh off with the same response that Rabbi Lazar had told Rishlakesh off. So now, Hadar Chaz, Rabbi Lazar Bishas, Rabbi Shlakish would, would look, he looked at Rabbi Lazar like sternly, with a, with, he was upset about it. Because Rabbi Lazar said to him what Rabbi Yochanan said to him. That means Rabbi Lazar must have heard it for Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbi Lazar essentially just said it in his own name. Rabbi Lazar should have quoted Rabbi Yochanan and said to Rabbi Shlakish, No, you're wrong, because Rabbi Yochanan said as follows. You heard these words from Barnafa. Barnafa is an expression to refer to Rabbi Yochanan. It means the son of a blacksmith. That's Rabbi Yochanan. You didn't say it in his name. So he was upset. For not relating to him that 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 that, that Rabbi Yochanan had said it. Continues the Gemara new discussion. We know that normally there's testimony to establish someone to be a Kohen or a Levi. So the Gemara says, what kind of person could be believed? Rabbi 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 and Rabbi said different things. One person said, ben A son could be a Kohen based upon the word of his father. A father could 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 testify for the son. The other one, he elevated a brother to be a lady based upon the word of his brother. So two different things. We don't know who said what. One spoke about a father testifying for a son, and one spoke about a brother for a brother. So the Gemara says, We know it's Rebbe, he was the one who said a coin could, could speak about his son. Tanya says in a price someone came in, he said, This is my son, he's a coin. He's believed to let him eat the truma. In other words, one witness will establish he's a coin in regard to truma, and it could even be a father, despite the fact that they're related. But not in regard to marriage. He still might be a puzzle person. We don't know. Devi Rabbi, that's Rabbi. So we clearly see Rabbi is the one who said it. said, What's the skill you're making? If you believe the father to let him to, for the son, to let him eat Truma, then let him believe. Even for uh, even for for Yilson, and if you don't believe um, for for Yilson, you shouldn't believe for Truma. Now, just to uh, explain a little bit, for Yilson we always require two witnesses. For Truma we only require one. So what's the Gemara saying? The Gemara means what if the father and somebody else testified? We still wouldn't say he's good for Yilson, and the reason is because by Yilson we wouldn't believe the father. So what we're saying is if a father can't testify, he's no good in regard to Yilson. So why is he guard? We're good in regard to Truma. So I'm a little Rebbe says to Rebbe, I believe in regard to Truma. Why? Why is Truma better? Anyways, he has the power to give him Truma. Meaning, the father is a Kohen. Everyone's giving him Truma. So he can give Truma to his son. Since he has the power anyway, he's believed. So this is a concept. A person is believed about something that's in his control. So it's in his control anyways to feed him the Truma. So therefore, he's believed. And that's a new din that monos. But he's not believed in regard to marrying a woman. It's not in his control to marry him off to a woman who has, who, who, who has good yichas. So very interesting lump. This bad time the car of a father shouldn't be believed. But we believe in regard to Truma since it is biyado. Very interesting lump. To Stayim, we can determine from here that it's Rebbe and not Rebchia who said that the father is believed on the son. That's clearly what we see. Now the Gemara continues. If we establish that it was Rebbe who said that the father could testify for his son, 
So then the other statement about one brother testifying for the other brother, it must have been Rebchia. It must have been Rebchia. Rebchia was the one who elevated one brother as a Levi based upon the word of his brother. So the Gemara says, what's the understanding of Rebchia? Rebchia, Maishan ben what was different that he said a father is not an for a son? Because it's a relative. The Karvi Tzalavi, he's related to his father. So what's the Pshat? One brother could testify for the other. He should also be a relative. Achnami Karvi Tzalavi, he's related to his brother. So if Rebchia doesn't believe the father could testify for a son, then why does he believe? That, that that a brother could testify for a brother. So top of the Aleph, the Gemara explains, we're talking about the case where the brother was not testifying in a formal way, but he was just talking in a casual way. It's a very interesting thing. When a person is not intending to say Edith, they're just speaking in conversation, sometimes it gives them more credibility. Because when you testimony, is a whole din and halachas. But in a casual conversation, sometimes ironically, it ends up with more namanas. And once half a person was talking casually and he said, I remember I was a child, I was riding on my father's shoulder, but it's not my they took me out of school. They took off my shirt, and they immersed me in the mikvah so that I could eat truma. So he's basically remembering a story where they put him in the mikvah said he ate truma. Rabchia concluded that what happened, my friends would keep away from me, they would call me Yochanan, the one who ate the chala, meaning they didn't want to contaminate his chala, his truma, so they stayed away. The Rebbe elevated him to Kuna based upon his own word. How could you do that? Because since it was casual, he allowed him to eat the truma. So casual speech, a person could have nemana. So if a person comes and says, Eidos, you're not nemana on yourself. And Rebbe would say, Bitaris Eidos, any relative's not nemana either, even when it's biyado. Again, Rebbe said, that a father's nemana for a son because biyado. Disagreed, but everyone agrees. When it's casually being said, then even a relative, one relative, could be believed on another relative to establish him as a Kohen or a Levi. And in this story, we see even the person was when he was speaking casually, he was never even for himself, as we see in that incident.